0: Hi, this is J. Aruga from the J. Show podcast. You'll also hear me in Unboxing Catholicism every Sunday nights at 8 p.m. in the Unboxing the Bible series. Content creation can sometimes be tiring, not to mention nerve-wracking when dealing with bashers. That's why, at the end of the day, I retreat to Hollow. Hollow is the number one Christian Catholic prayer app in the U.S., and it's making its way in the Philippines with over 5,000 audio-guided prayer, meditation, daily rosary, and readings with Bishop Barron, Father Mike Schmitz, Jonathan Rumi, and many more. Use Unboxing Catholicism's promo link at hollow.com slash unboxingcatholicism for a free three-month trial. That's hollow.com slash unboxing Catholicism. Hollow is spelled H A L L O W dot com slash unboxing Catholicism. And now, on to the show. Kyle Whittington is a Catholic YouTube content creator. We'll talk about how free pizza converted him to Catholicism. This and much more on The J Haruga Show. How's everybody doing? Welcome to the J. Show, the first conservative podcast in the Philippines protecting the Filipino family from woke ideology. Our next guest is a Catholic content creator. He has interviewed many Catholic speakers, authors, converts, priests. He hosted debates in his channel. Definitely one of the Catholic channels you should be subscribed to in the internet. Everyone, please welcome... Kyle Whittington. Kyle, thanks for accepting my invite. <laughs> of doing? course,
1: yeah. Thanks for having me on, Jay. Yeah, I'm doing pretty well. Things are things are a little hectic. Like we start, we, like I mentioned before, uh, this formally started. You know, yeah. uh, pray for my family because uh, I don't know when this is gonna go public. Mm, mm. Uh, but uh, on August 31st, we're having our fifth kid. So as of the time of this recording, that's tomorrow. Uh, so depending on when you publish this, it's like probably we've got a newborn in the family. So but yeah, no, it's a little hectic, but it's a, it's a good time, good time, C- constant congratulations. party. Congratulations, <laughs>
0: congratulations on the Thank new you. baby. Hey, uh, how's everything on your side of the planet, uh, aside from the baby? What's going on in the US? Well,
1: so what's going on in the US, the biggest hubbub is uh, going to be our presidential election. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what, uh, you know, the... The Republican Party is trying to pick out a nominee to go up against Joe Biden, uh, <laughs> so that's that's something that uh, everybody is constantly talking about uh, in the church. Mm. Um, you know, we've got uh, I don't know, like <laughs> squabbles, but of you course. know, yeah. I I think that there's a there's a really cool resurgence uh, going on, especially online, especially with Catholic apologetics. You know, more people are. Are getting into it you know people are starting to learn that like hey you don't actually have to be a trent horn mm. or, a, or a scott hahn to get into this like there's actually yeah. plenty of room for you know mere mortals you know <laughs> normal people to get like into us. this uh exactly exactly because i uh, you know i don't know what your education level is but like me i don't i i never finished college mm. i i never finished you know a university degree or anything like that i have a high school diploma mm. and yet you know like hey you can do it. The internet is a wonderful resource. It's a wonderful tool. And, you know, it's if you have questions, there are answers, and you just have to go and find them.
0: Yeah, th- that's one thing I changed my mind on. Uh, before I thought that everyone should finish college. But now I, I, I heard about people who had a high school diploma and he, who did well in life and went big. So I, I changed my mind on that uh almost recently when, when I when I hear commentators and like yourself who are doing well even uh, yeah. without a college degree. And yeah. I, I just want to tell you that I was made aware of your YouTube channel when I interviewed Avelina Balestri. I was Oh <laughs> I was searching for an interview of her to Steal your questions. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I do it too. I do it too. There's no shame in that. <laughs> no, I, I, I wanted to know her background before I interview her. So, of course. I was pointed to your channel. I, I'm really impressed the way you handle the interview because I can relate. You came prepared. You read her book, which is also what I do when I interview an author. So, I, I thought I'd like to meet you, but I parked it for a while. Then, I was watching Pints with the Aquinas. I remember Matt Frad reading your comment or question to his guest. Then I was trying to remember where did I hear that name? Kyle Whittington. Th- then I said, Oh yep. yeah, he's the guy who interviewed Avelina. So so I took the chance. I I I sent you a comment in one of your posts. So mm-hmm. here you are.
1: Yep. Yeah. No, yeah, and the other. The other thing that you might be familiar with me from, so I actually work for Trent Horn. Oh. So if you ever oh. comment on any of the Council of Trent videos mm-hmm. and you get a reply, chances are that's me that's actually replying to you. But wow. So that's the other the other thing that I'm involved
0: with. Cool, cool, cool. Okay, let's start by talking about your conversion story. I used to be an atheist, and there's a bit of your journey from, mm-hmm. let's say, in my journey as an atheist to being Catholic, I first become intellectually convinced to Catholicism. Then after that, it took a while before I became a fully practicing Catholic. So there's a jump from just being intellectually convinced, you know, the answers to the questions, but you're not yet spiritually there. It's it's Mm -hmm. just like it took a bit of time from being intellectually convinced to becoming fully convinced where you you confess regularly to a pri- priest and you you only do communions when you don't have mortal sins so right yeah so how about you you're a convert what's your faith background before you become catholic and what existential moment did the holy spirit lead you to to become catholic
1: well, this is probably going to be the least inspiring story that you've ever heard. But so, a background <laughs> okay. where I grew up, uh, the state where I grew up, and and your if you're not familiar with U.S. geography, that's fine. Mm. Uh, but I, the state that I grew up in is uh, called Oklahoma. It's the shape that's it's the mm. state that's shaped like a finger pointing, mm. and I grew up about right there <laughs> in the state, okay. um, which culturally speaking that's a very Protestant area um, it's the Baptist seventh-day Adventists who are who are going to be like the primary religious group in that area not a lot of Catholics at all in fact in my town of only about 600 people we only had one Catholic family Ooh. so growing up I I did not have a I didn't have an understanding of Catholicism at all uh, I knew that my opinions were vaguely negative but if if, if somebody ever took me to task for it, I could never really give you any good reasons why just because it, it just wasn't a topic that that came up a lot mm. now uh, whenever I was sixteen though I had you know I'd, I'd had pretty decent grades and whatnot and I got selected to go on like a student ambassador program to Europe and we started in France uh, you know went all through Italy and we ended in Greece mm. and so this was actually my first encounter ever stepping foot in a Catholic church. And the first Catholic church I ever stepped foot in was Notre Dame in Paris. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah. It's already so, a big which, deal. Course, yeah. Well, so, I mean, you know, it, ho- hopefully the, the restoration goes fine. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I encountered this beauty. I knew that it was a church and whatnot. But I didn't really understand anything that was going on. But it was still Mm. Gorgeous church, and hopefully the restorations preserve that. But uh, mm. so anyway, and went through some churches to you know throughout Italy, and then I went to Vatican City mm. as a tourist,
0: yeah, uh, not Catholic. a pilgrim. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, and but I, I I was familiar with a lot of Renaissance art, so I was still just blown away by the beauty that was there, mm. and I, you know, that was that mm. was kind of a, a just a. A pretty amazing experience but i was just a protestant
0: mm.
1: it was also whenever i was in rome that i had my first uh i i had my first encounter with a rosary now that one catholic family and I'll, this will come become re- uh, mm. relevant in the story later okay. that one catholic family had a daughter that was about my age mm. and whenever i was going to rome knowing that she was catholic i was like hey is there anything that you'd like for me to pick up for you while i'm in while i'm in Rome while I'm in Vatican. And she said, ooh, if you could find me a rosary, that would be amazing. So, okay, sure, I'll find a rosary. And I was like, what, what's a rosary, though? Cliff, can, <laughs> can you can you tell me what that is? And she's like, yeah, and she you know, explained it. She she explained the whole thing, except I was so stupid that the only thing that I caught on to was beads. <laughs> so the way that I thought of it was, okay, if I find something with beads in Rome, it's probably a rosary. So sure enough, I if you've ever been to Rome, you might be familiar with the vendors that are on the street and whatnot. Uh-huh. I saw this little The little circular plastic uh, container Mm. with the with the rosaries that smell like roses. Whoa! Uh, And I I found one of those. I picked it up and I I bought it. It was like three euros, something like that. And uh, whenever I got back to the hotel room, I pulled it out and I was just like, "Oh man! I was supposed to get her a rosary, not this silly looking necklace." (laughs) And because I had no idea. And thankfully, Uh, uh, the the was it really a rosary that you got? Yes. Yeah. Actually, so my uh, I had a I had a Hispanic roommate at the time, and okay. he he looked at me like I was stupid, <laughs> and he was just like, "That is a rosary," dude. and I was just like, "Oh, okay, all right. Well, I guess that's cool." Because the worst case
0: is you could have gotten her a Buddha bead. Buddha oh yeah. Beads. <laughs>
1: oh yeah. No, it, it's that that would have been really bad. But you know, it was a, it was a it was a, can, it was a canister that had a picture of Pope Benedict the Sixteenth on it. Okay. So, okay. Uh, yeah, it was, right a, it was pretty that <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And I knew who the Pope was. So, okay. you know, okay. Uh couldn't tell you what his job was, but I knew who <laughs> he was. But, uh, so anyway, that I, I come back and I have to deliver this rosary to this girl. Well, uh, she, we had a Christian rock concert going on at the time and her church was hosting it. And I figured, hey, what a better time to deliver this to her then uh, at this concert. Cool. Hmm. So we go to the concert and it's a good time. Uh, and then one of the youth leaders, she comes up and she says hey you should come join us sometime and i say yeah sure of course mm-hmm. externally internally i'm just like absolutely not this is a catholic <laughs> church y'all are going to hell y'all are crazy we're not i'm not coming back here uh-huh. you couldn't pay me to step foot in that church because i had no idea yes okay so that and that was during the summer so the school year starts up mm-hmm. this is this is my junior year in high school so 11th grade and i this 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 cute girl at the time she invited me to come to church and of course I'm uh, like uh uh-uh. uh nope not not going <laughs> is it a, I'm is not going to go is she the same that's... girl yeah same girl same girl mm. and uh which but, spoiler alert this isn't this isn't the woman that's now my wife yeah. uh, <laughs> this this cute girl like <laughs> we, we didn't date we didn't get married like she she's she's married has uh has three kids and i'm okay, married to okay. some we, we, we went completely separate ways yeah. so it's kind of funny telling the story in front of my wife and it was like <laughs> ah yeah i met this cute girl and then they kind of look at my wife. It's like, oh, is that her? And I'm just, oh, what? No, not her. <laughs> uh, okay. But uh, go ahead. yeah. So yeah. back to back to the story a little bit. Um, they invite me to church, and mm. I'm just like, no, that's a Catholic church. I've got a very open mind. I consider myself a world traveler, of course, at this point. Mm. And uh, but no, I'm not. I, I have to stick to my convictions. And I, 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 if I go to this church, I fear for my soul. Mm. But then. I, I, it was either her or somebody else in in our group of friends said mm. something that just kind of changed everything and mm. I'll never forget it. They just looked at me and they said, Kyle there's going to be free pizza there. <laughs> and that was it. I was sold. I was oh. just like, okay, yeah, no, <laughs> if there's, there's going to be free pizza there. Yeah, I'll show up. So cute girl, promise a free pizza. And that's what got me to go to my first mass. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, which of course, whenever I got there and had my first encounter with Mass, the the priest at the time uh, was very, very, very geared towards teenagers. He mm. he knew how to speak on topics that teenagers cared about, and at the for the very first time, I had attended something you know a religious uh, ritual, you know, religious service. I, I don't like that word. Mm. That captivated my attention from start to finish, and especially whenever we got to the consecration of the Eucharist. I was just like, whoa, okay, hold on. What's going on here? And Because like one of my friends uh, explained, like, hey, you're not Catholic. Do not go up there. You can't receive communion. Um, so that, you know, I was, I was like, well, why mm. is that the case? And he's like, I'll explain it later. Mm. And they explained, like, we believe that this is the actual body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ, which to me, like, as a Protestant, that's just blowing my mind. It's just like, that sounds a little ridiculous. I don't know how mm. you get that. But, Let's go get some free pizza so <laughs> but because it was fun there was a great group there and i just kept coming back and mm. there was a two separate uh youth group uh, encounters there so before mass which it was just you know we we separated out men and women and that gave me a space to where i could ask questions about the faith mm. and you know my my objections to catholicism were super low like, uh, you call priests father. Uh, you think that you have to pray through somebody to get to God. And at the time, I thought that these were very, like, airtight and solid objections. And now looking back on it, it's like, this is something that you can just get from a pamphlet. Like, somebody just gives you a pamphlet <laughs> oh, and just yeah. knocks all those to pieces.
0: Yeah. And, and, and During the time, there's already mm-hmm. the internet, uh, Google... Uh, uh-huh what what yeah what year is these this uh when the, the oh
1: yeah so this is going to be 2000 uh let's see here this was the beginning of my junior year so this mm. is the beginning of 2008 okay okay um so yeah so 2008 i i i didn't have a smartphone but yeah i had full yeah. access to the internet mm. i knew how to look things up and and but you know mm. i was just mostly still in the mode of just asking questions and getting to know and getting to know through people Mm. and and whatnot, but they're asking me questions and I'm that, that the questions are satisfactory, but I kind of had this conviction in the back of my mind is like, I must remain Protestant for some reason. (laughs) And, eventually I, I keep going back and, and at one point i asked uh the cute girl's older brother who mm. became my rcia sponsor he's okay. technically my godfather and my confirmation sponsor because i wasn't baptized at the time
0: mm.
1: and I, I said so what does it take to become catholic and he's like well you're gonna have to start going on sunday mornings and i was like oh no no <laughs> no I, i'm not doing that not doing <laughs> that i'm an evenings only guy i'm not waking up on a sunday but So, but I kept toying with the idea of like, well, maybe I should become Catholic. You know, this, this does seem Mm. to be good, true and beautiful. And, but the big argument that like kind of convicted me was from history because in my town of 600 people, we had 10 different types of Protestant churches Mm. and which is just ridiculous. It's like town of 600 people should have like maybe one church, maybe two churches. If this this were a Catholic Mm. town, you know, we might have like the Spanish church and the and the English church. Mm. Uh, but like, that's the only reason why we, you would have more than one. Uh, so and I was just like, well, I want the original one. I want the original church. Mm. And, you know, with, with my high school education at the time, like that was very clearly the Catholic church. The Baptist couldn't mm. be found, you know, prior to the Protestant Revolution. Um, mm. And at this time, the Eastern Orthodox didn't even they didn't even enter the equation. In fact, they didn't enter the equation for me until about five years ago. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I had to deal with that separately. But, Mm -hmm. um... So, I... am running out of excuses, but, like, Mm -hmm. I've just kind of... Nah, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. But eventually, I was watching uh, some stand-up comedian, and this was actually the second time that I'd even seen his special, but this was when the moment that I knew that... I was, I knew that I was convicted because Mm. in that he made a priest joke insinuating that, you know, oh, priests and little boys and whatnot. Mm. And while I don't remember it being particularly funny the first time I watched it, this time whenever I saw it, I was offended. Mm. And I turned off the TV. And as a teenager, I turned off the TV and went to go wash dishes. Mm. That's how offended about it I was. Mm. I was like, "Ah, I'd rather do chores than watch this garbage. Mm -hmm. And then as I was walking away, I realized, oh, I, I'm cooked. This is, yeah. I'm done. I, I have to, whether I want to admit it or not, I have already converted in my heart and now it's time to wow. make it official. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Telling my mom was fun because like I said, you know, the kind of anti-Catholic sentiments in the family. And whenever I told her that I wanted, whenever I told her that I wanted to be Catholic, you know, you would have thought I was coming out of the closet. She was just like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. We'll we'll get through this. We'll get through this. Well, at least you're not becoming a Mormon. And (laughs) uh, and yeah. So, but anyway, I entered RCIA. Uh, That was a pretty smooth ride, pretty smooth process. Uh, I got the book Catholicism for Dummies, and I was reading. (laughs) uh, I was reading, asking my or getting answers from there. And uh, in the Easter Vigil of 2010, I was baptized, confirmed, first communion, all all same day. And that's whenever I. Yeah, Yeah, that's whenever I got the. Fully received in the Catholic Church.
0: Wow. Great yeah. story. Uh, what I took from your story is uh, what I'll tell the listeners of this show who host Catholic gatherings always have free pizza. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> always have yeah. free pizza. Uh, please yeah <laughs> no just yeah you know <laughs> i
1: i don't know if you've heard this before but you know we've got a saying uh you know the quickest
0: way to a man's heart is through his stomach yes yes so. <laughs> i heard that yeah anyway so. th- 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 that's th- th- a good that's a good story and th- th- some th- seriously the other takeaway that I, I i get aside from the free pizza is you, you seem to st- start being converted by the beauty of the images that you see in Rome uh, in France yeah and this is one of the most uh what they call this uh, the they pretty neglected part of the three transcendentals like the, we, we talk about we always talk about truth goodness but the beauty is sometimes neglected and I remember Bishop Barron talking to Dr. William Lane Craig, and this concept of beauty seems a bit foreign to, the concept of beauty being used to evangelize is a bit Mm -hmm. foreign to Dr. Craig at that time when he talked to Bishop Barron. And uh, sometimes as a Catholic, we often neglect that the churches, it moves the heart. So yeah, yeah, that's one takeaway. Yeah, it, yep.
1: Go ahead. You know, and you'll you'll often get, uh, especially a lot of the Protestants and even atheists will criticize the Catholic Church for having all these beautiful things, especially mm. in Rome. You know, it's like, oh, sell the Vatican to feed the poor, which is ridiculous because mm-hmm. it's just like, well, out of any non-government organization, we provide more charity than literally yes. anybody else, yes. and it's not particularly close. Like no, the runner-up is not. It's not a close mm-hmm. second. Yeah. Um, but. Whenever you hear that, Dorothy Day has a wonderful line uh, and she says, if uh, you know if we were to sell all the treasures, all the beauty out of the church, then where would the poor encounter beauty? Mm. So good. you know, to get into St. Peter's Basilica, you don't need a ticket. Mm. you know the poor of Rome can walk in whenever they please. you know, you don't have to pay to get in there and they can truly encounter, You know some of the most beautiful things. I mean, if you've ever been to St. Peter's, you know it's so big. And and knowing that that was done without any power tools, it was done without any cranes or or whatever. It was all done manually, basically, Mm -hmm. uh, with simple machines and and human hands. Mm -hmm. And you know it's a wonder. It's it's truly a wonder of like you know man's uh, Mm -hmm. willingness to glorify God with their talents. Mm-hmm. Um and it, it's it's truly breathtaking and and it's completely free of charge. You, as long as you I mean, for you and I to get there, it's yes. quite costly just to fly there.
0: But <laughs> but if you're and already there, Rome, it's yeah. free. Yeah. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's good to know. Uh and the comedian that you listen you you watch that mm-hmm. kind of gave the final nail to the coffin. The comedians often have the Catholic priest in their material. I remember hearing Joe Rogan yeah. joke about priest, Ricky Ricky Gervais, uh Bill Maher. They all joked mm-hmm. about Catholic priest and we, we don't yeah. cancel them for for doing Catholic jokes.
1: Uh the, the, Yeah. Especially in the English speaking world, anti-Catholicism is a is a is a very acceptable prejudice. Um, you can, you can say anything or you can't say anything bad about any group, um, except you can, you can freely mm. slander Catholics like that. That's an acceptable thing to do. Um, and you know, there's a lot of historical reasonings for that. Um, a lot of it is because of English. Like if you, if you think about England's relationship with mm. Spain and France to Catholic nations and how England has been for the most part, very hostile to those nations, it's, it's not hard to figure out why, uh, English speakers now who still have very heavy influence from England, um, you know, would be very anti-Catholic, uh, just because of that. So, Mm. uh, so yeah, it's a, it's a, it's an acceptable, uh, prejudice. It's a very common joke. Mm. And, uh, and, and like you said, no, they're not going to get canceled because it's, uh, it's, it's a it's a it's it's an acceptable punching bag.
0: Yeah, uh, but if you it, it, these comedians that I mentioned, Joe Rogan, Ricky Gervais, mm-hmm. uh, Bill Maher, they joked about the left, uh, and they they were tried to be tried to be canceled by the left uh, for joking about them, but not for joking about Catholic priests. Right. Okay. So. That's one part of your story. The other part is what I'm interested in. Okay. Is the, the, how did you decide to start making Catholic content?
1: So it was kind of an accident, really. Um, so you, uh, you know, we, we mentioned a little bit how you, you've heard me on mm. Pints with Aquinas. So mm. I'm, I'm actually uh, friends with Matt Fradd and I'm actually currently in the process of moving to Steubenville, Ohio. So, uh, but I've been a part of his locals community and there, he put out, um, during a live stream, he asked people to share their conversion stories cause he wanted to hear it. he said, just film mm-hmm. a video, just post it here. And you know, I'd love to see it. I'd love to get to know you guys. And I thought, Hey, you know what? That's a, that's a fine idea. Why don't wow. I do that? Mm-hmm. So I didn't know anything about editing and like this video is still up on my channel. I didn't know anything about editing and I shot it like eight times trying to get it to be a coherent you know a, co- uh, a coherent story that I didn't need to edit or anything. So mm. I put it together it's about an 8 minute video of me telling the story that I told at the beginning mm-hmm, of here. Mm. And I what's the what's the easiest way to share a video? Well, I'll just I'll just throw it up on YouTube mm. and I will you know, and I gave it a very generic title. I didn't even, I didn't make a thumbnail for it or anything. Mm. It was just my conversion story. That's all it was. Mm. And
0: by the and way, I was we, like, okay, Can, ooh, can I, we search it uh, if we want to? Uh, yeah, yeah, no, so it's, it's, it's still available. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, it's still publicly available. And I made it public uh, because I thought that uh, if it wasn't public, then it wouldn't be able to be found by anybody or, or whatever, even if I shared the link, because I didn't understand the difference between, you know, private, unlisted, and public. <laughs> and, and so it's just like, okay, yeah, it's public, whatever. Okay. Good. And yeah. I thought maximum 12 to 24 people might have watched it. And I go on with life. Well, I kept getting these notifications in my email and on YouTube that so-and-so has has uh, has subscribed to your channel. So and so has uh, subscribed to your channel, and it's just like, what is happening here? Why, why are people all of a sudden subscribing? And I go and check the video that I had uploaded, mm. and it had gotten like fifteen hundred views, which, you know, for you know, it's by YouTube standards that's nothing, but for me, like, it's about fifteen hundred more people than I thought would ever watch it. And it kept going and going and going. I think as of today, it's sitting at about like eight thousand views or something like that. Mm. and Mm. you know i i haven't checked it recently but and it's just what at what is going on here well then i one of the comments that i got on there was hey i really like your way of storytelling you know you've got this Mm. dramatic and Mm. you're funny and and i i I got to thinking like maybe i should maybe i should start doing this so i toyed around with it i tried a few things that weren't too good um but then I started doing because I've got a lot of admiration for Trent Horn. Mm-hmm. I started trying to do like rebuttal type videos, and because I remember it, it, Trent made it made a point that the complex arguments that you really have to sink your teeth into and you really have to dive deep into are not; those are not the arguments that you're facing in your day to day life. Mm-hmm. the The stuff that you're going to face in your day to day life is what we would call low hanging fruit. Mm -hmm. You know, so Mm -hmm. the easy stuff you can Mm eat—it's easily debunked—and it's actually the stuff that I believe that kept me out of the church. Mm -hmm. And I got to thinking, like, well, hey, there's a ton of these videos out there that are anti-Catholic, that are not well-researched that I can rebut, I can debunk, just you know, on the Mm -hmm. off, Mm -hmm. off the cuff. So I was just like, huh, let's do that. So I started doing more of those, and I've started doing it, doing them live, and. And it just kind of developed into uh, just doing what I love. Like, I've, I've had an interest in apologetics ever since I converted. And, you know, I, I did a lot of research and what it takes to make a successful YouTube channel. And one of the uh, one of the pieces of advice that I see repeated a lot are that uh, as long as you're having a good time, you're heading the right direction. So, and you know what? I'm still having fun with it. I really enjoy it. Yes. So that's...
0: That's good to hear. That's
1: how... <laughs> Yeah, so that's how I uh how I got involved with it.
0: Cool, cool. Uh, sometimes uh people ask or sometimes I ask, what what do we and let's call ourselves independent indie Catholic content creators. Mm-hmm. I hope that's a, an accurate description to what we yeah. do. So what do we bring to the table when there are so many professional authors, apologists, speakers who have larger reach than us who are doing so well? So what what do you think do we bring to the table?
1: Well, so uh, Brian Holdsworth has a has this uh, his group they call him the reinforcements, and mm. and he, and this is also he kind of helped form my thoughts on this as well mm. because the big the big sophisticated arguments the Trent Horns, the Jimmy Akins, the Scott mm. Hans of the world are tackling those. And mm-hmm. thank God, you know, praise God that we've got the brightest minds mm-hmm. on the planet alive today yes. that are tackling these issues. But what that is, what what that kind of does leave is the bulk of the work that, you know, you and I, mm-hmm. um, that we're, you and I are capable of handling. And you, dear viewer, like if mm-hmm, you're a yeah. practicing Catholic, you probably are also capable of handling this Mm. Uh, if you can answer questions about the faith you can do apologetics Mm. Uh, so that's that's what i think uh is really something that we do bring to the table the other thing is is that especially whenever your channel is small Mm. you have a greater ability to have a more personal touch so uh trent horn is uh you know I, i i love the man to death but he's very introverted and you know, you're you're not gonna talk to him. <laughs> uh he's got like his two friends, and those two friends yes, are all he yes. wants to talk to. Yes, good point. You know, Matt Frad is is out very similar as well. He's a mm. very he out, so off the camera, he's a very quiet man. He likes quiet. Um mm. and but then like a guy like me, like oh, I I love talking to people, yes, like yes. off camera, on camera. And so people like me, so I've got a Discord channel mm. that people, it's free. Anybody can join it. And they're able to ask questions with some other creators. And we actually have a sense of community uh, through this channel. And people don't have to pay to get in there. And mm. they're able to ask questions. And, and uh, sometimes it's, it, it's a little bit more human. So I think that the small uh, small creators mm. are in a unique position to give a more human uh, connection to what would otherwise be a completely detached online experience like you would for one of these big creators. Cool,
0: cool. And evangelization should be the norm for us Catholics and we should find find ways on how to evangelize. Uh, I I think that's one thing we should uh, get from our Protestant brothers and sisters because for the Mm -hmm. Protestants, it's always in their minds to evangelize. During the age of discovery, uh, sixteen hundred uh, year, sixteen hundred or fifteen hundred. Uh, evangelization is what's driving them to to sail the treacherous seas and go to undiscovered lands. And mm-hmm. they, they even sail ships and tread dangerous territories. Now you can evangelize in the comfort of your sofa. And <laughs> 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 yeah. Well. <laughs> Yeah. Only a few people are driven to do that. So uh, we're calling people to, to share the faith.
1: Yeah. And I will say this. That is a dual-edged sword, though. So it cuts both ways. Um, we are able to evangelize from our couches. But one thing that I have seen, and it's something that I catch myself doing all the time, it's very easy to work without charity. Mm. And that's mm-hmm. that's really, really dangerous. Yes. Uh, and it's really tempting. Yes, And you know, so it's easy to win an argument in a Facebook mm. comments section, but it's it's not so easy to treat that person with the love and dignity mm. uh, that they deserve as a child of God. Mm. So, you know, I will say that that'll be my encouragement to anybody who's listening: is that yes, you may, <clears throat> you may be engaging with this, with this, uh, with these these people online but you know you cannot forget the charity. Yeah. And that's one thing that I actually do really like about the community and that human aspect is that actually it's super effective in evangelization because you can actually form relationships with these people, you can become their friends because it's so much easier to lead some lead a friend to Christ than it is to lead a stranger to Christ.
0: Hmm. Okay, tell us about your Content. You you have a regular segment. You mentioned this a bit uh, a few times. Low hanging fruit. So what is it mm-hmm. all about?
1: Yeah. So uh, low hanging fruit is just a I find an anti Catholic video where mm-hmm. people are making terrible arguments about the church. They're just repeating the same tired falsehoods that you know we've all heard a hundred times. You know anybody who's read a book since the nineties knows that those are not true. Uh, the smarter Protestant apologists don't do not engage in these. Um, and, you know, and if you've got a few frequent flyers uh, and you figure, you kind of figure out who, who runs in what circles and, and who engages in what it's like, Oh, Hey, you said this line, but I know you didn't make it up. You heard so-and-so say it, or you read this mm-hmm. book and got it from there. And so that, that's a fun one. Um, nice. I, I'm trying to change that one up a little bit because I was talking about that that charity aspect, and it's like I I don't know if this is actually helping or if this is uh, educating Catholics. So I'm trying to figure that one out a little bit better. Um, because um, one of the things that I also do, and I really do enjoy, um, is actually having people who disagree with me on the channel. Nice. And because it's so easy to strawman somebody's position if they're not there to correct you on it mm. and it's so much better whenever we can actually talk to each other and I can actually learn what they actually believe so that way I can you know mm. debunk it better yeah. <laughs> but if it's just like well he believes in this silly thing and then he comes back and says actually I don't believe in that silly thing it's, it's much more complicated than that well then that's a you know I think that's a much more productive conversation and you know can those those kinds of conversations are more likely to lead to people to Christ. Mm-hmm.
0: So. And I, I understand your your dilemma in low hanging fruit because sometimes when mm-hmm. you you talk about something, you, you put you put jokes, you put uh, like comedy. Mm-hmm. And the thing about comedy is it's an offensive art form. Sometimes you yes you, you, jokes are like the, the more offensive is the more. The, the funnier it is and you have to yeah. balance it uh, but if you don't put the comedy it might end up being bland uh, exactly then nobody watches it nobody nobody watches it so there's this balance that you have to tread so uh, and it, it's not because we're like without charity but uh, and right. so, sometimes we uh, there are things that we can uh, laugh about uh, it's Part of creativity to to yeah to put those things. Uh, have you ever encountered uh, the content creators block, like the time of release, you, you still don't have anything in the pipeline? Uh, what do you do during those times when you're you're oh, you have mental blocks?
1: Yeah. Well, so because a lot of my content is basically just reaction mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's re- I, I don't like to call it that but it's basically mm. I play a Protestant video I respond to Protestant video or mm. even atheist video or whatever so as long as I can find one of those I'm good a lot of people in my discord community actually will send me things and say like hey you should do a response to this and I will go okay yeah sure and then I just do it uh, as a live stream because mm. live is just mm. so easy you just hit play and you go yeah um it's, it's a lot easier on me. Although sometimes like I, there was a, I think my longest live stream was like three and a half hours or something like that. And that was (laughs) exhaust. Yeah, that was exhausting. But, um, you know, and I don't know how many people are actually going to watch all of that. Mm. So, but, uh, and then occasionally, some of the stuff that I do, uh, the most popular video that I ever did mm-hmm. uh, was, uh, I did a, a fake conspiracy video uh, surrounding Ooh. Matt Frad and, <laughs> you know, he, he holds up the that painting of yeah, Modest Wisorski, yeah. and I did a I did a silly bit there. It was funny, <laughs> because whenever, because uh, I was there in studio, with, last time Trent was on Pines for the I was actually in the studio. Oh, cool. And there's a couple. There's a couple of times, like if you watch there, whenever Trent announced that he's going to be debating Mike Gendron, I, I was in the corner just going like <laughs> yes! and because Mike Gendron is one of those frequent flyers that I was talking about that uh-huh. he has been spout like he's made an entire career off of just attacking Catholicism with mm. terrible arguments. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I don't, I'm not gonna get into that, but like Trent's gonna be debating him soon. And I was so excited to hear that. Um, and it's funny because if you go back and watch the Pints interview, he's like, oh, yeah, Kyle's in the corner going, like, yeah. Was um, that
0: the, the one about Destiny, the Destiny debate? Yes. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I got to, I was, I was in Steubenville at the time. And uh, yeah. So, and then Matt invited me. He was saying, uh, you know, oh, would you like to sit in in the studio? And I was like, yes. Um, I didn't talk or anything because, you know, it's like, this isn't, this isn't my show. This isn't yes, my appearance. Yes. Uh, I'll just try to be a fly on the wall. But I couldn't. I couldn't really contain myself whenever <laughs> I heard uh, heard that he was going to be debating Mike Gendron. So, cool. but yeah. So for me, it's like uh, block uh, creators block. It's like well, I, I guess I don't really deal with that because a lot of my stuff is low effort. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: cool, cool. Well, what's your, the most memorable episode that you recorded?
1: Uh? Oh, my absolute favorite one to record was my interview with Father John Brown uh, Jesuit priest. He, uh, it wasn't a very popular interview, uh, but it was, uh, I, I have not, I was going through a pretty stressful time in my life. We just found out that we've got our fifth kid on the way. And I think father John is like number six of like 11 kids or something. Mm -hmm. And he, uh, it was just such an uplifting experience. I felt so much better after that interview. Uh, it's been it's been very, uh, very uh, calm since then. Uh, mm. Or yeah, it, it was it was very needed for me, even though it wasn't that great. Uh, but Father John, uh, if you if you go in any place whatsoever, um, if you go, if you go anywhere, he will. Um, uh, he'll be in the comments section. So he he's always commenting on the pints with Aquinas videos. He's always uh, commenting on reason and theology. Uh, and oh, I wow. see his comment show up <laughs> in, on like every Council of Trent video too. So, uh, but he is such a he's such a wonderful man, wonderful priest. And uh, that was a that was one of the I was a very needed interview for me, even though it wasn't very popular. But that that's by far my favorite.
0: That's good to hear. Mine is with Amber Rose. Uh, I, I, oh, the, the reason is because like I, I I'm not sure if I told you this off air or. Here mm-hmm. in Cam, whenever I talk to Catholic authors, speakers, and apologists, you, you put your game face on, you, you you bring your a game. But when you 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 talk to like uh, to yourself, like and Amber, mm-hmm. uh, you you can be laid back. The the conversation could right. be free flowing. Uh, and I enjoyed these kinds of interview, like yourself and yeah. Amber. Uh, do, do you get your regular share of? bashers uh which oh yeah which content get got the most negative comment
1: oh so okay well here we go uh <laughs> this is pre-recorded so you can edit this part out if you want but uh no i won't the most huh <laughs> no, i won't okay, edit. <laughs> take this out <laughs> okay cool uh <laughs> the two most cantankerous groups are the the most vitriolic groups are going to be the traditionalists mm. and the protestants mm-hmm. um so uh i am not an anti-traditionalist i actually go to the traditional latin mass um i i go to an institute of christ the king sovereign priest oratory so Mm -hmm. i don't hate the latin mass at all i I love it Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of problems in that community that i think need to be addressed and Mm -hmm. every time i think that uh every time i choose to address one of those issues i get all sorts of nonsensical attacks Mm -hmm. or whatever Mm -hmm. but by Mm -hmm. far the most common are the protestants and what's Mm -hmm. really funny is that if you do it for long enough, if you like try to like tackle different Protestant ideas, you get those frequent flyers, and not only that, but you find out that these people like just copy and paste the same comments, mm,
0: mm.
1: and it's just like, and then you'll try to respond to them and try to engage with them. It's like, okay, I can see where you're coming from, but you mm. th- they'll never respond to you. I, I, so
0: I know what you mean. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, and and it's just like so you get that, uh, and then occasionally, uh, yeah you know the atheists will show up and be like religion's dumb haha (laughs) and one of my favorite responses to that is just like oh man just try not to cut yourself being so edgy um Mm -hmm. and uh yeah Yeah. so of course you're going to get criticisms on any public platforms And i'm sure uh another way that you can shut down a lot of these problems is uh invite them onto the channel Mm. say okay because most of these guys they do not share their real names and they do not share their faces yeah it's Um, easy
0: to criticize if you're anonymous
1: yeah yeah exactly Mm. so i tell people like i tell you what um you can you can come onto my channel and we can have this conversation like two normal human beings not just text on the screen Mm. and do that and uh so far i've not uh a few people have taken me up on it um And, uh, and they've always been really Mm. good conversations actually. Um, you know, uh, and I actually had one guy, John Newby, uh, who's, who's such a kind man. Uh, I, I have nothing bad to say about him. Uh, he, uh, he's a police officer here in the U S and he's a Protestant. And he actually emailed me asking if, uh, he could present his case against the papacy on my channel and just wanted to get my thoughts on it. And uh, I, I thought it was such a—he had a presentation. I made some commentary, and I thought it was a—I thought it was really—that uh, was a really uplifting uh, conversation. I don't believe he drinks, but I told him like I would happily buy you a beer anytime. <laughs> uh, so you know, I hope to, I hope one day to meet John in person. Cool.
0: People's attitude yeah. change when when they're not in the comment section. Actually, whenever. I, I talk to people on what's the best way to evangelize? It's actually mm-hmm. in person, face to face, because people are less combative face to face. They at least we we people try to be civil when you're face to face. The next right. thing is uh, Zoom. The uh, next if yep. you can't meet face to face, at least talk to that person on on a meeting or a forum. Uh, Mm-hmm. With cameras on, because at least you you see the verbal yep. cues, and uh, you well, still, you still end up <laughs> civil.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so I, I, I once read an article and is really interesting. So I want you to think about the bad guys from Star Wars. Mm. Think about the bad guys from GI Joe. Mm-hmm. Think about the bad guys from uh, you know Halo or, mm-hmm. or or something like that. And that you they've all got something in common in that the enemy does not have human faces. Wow. So, Halo, they're aliens and you can kill them and it's fine because they're not humans and you can kill as many of them as you want. Star Wars, the stormtroopers wear helmets, you, they do not have wow. faces. Uh, G.I. Joe, you know the
0: Cobra the Commander, Cobra
1: guys. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, they they all wear masks. They do not have faces, so it's okay to kill them by the thousands or whatever. So whenever we have these communications online and it's just text on a screen, we're not registering that as a human. Wow. So it's okay to be hostile to them. Mm-hmm. And and that's why whenever you restore the humanity, you know, you restore that human connection face to face. Uh, well, especially face-to-face is great because you're going to be very polite to somebody whenever they're in sh- within strangling distance. And uh, you know, you're going to be a lot more uh, polite whenever the guy that you're talking to can punch you in the mouth. And, and then even here, like in, mm. in these Zoom meetings, you know, I can see your face. I can clearly see that you are a human being made in the image of God. And, you know, and there's an element of justice that demands uh, my respect and love to you. And so that's that's one of my recommendations is, hey, folks, if you're in one of these discussions, there's a disagreement, you see it's not going anywhere, invite them onto something where you can restore some humanity into the conversation.
0: All right. Kyle, this is my final question. I'm enjoying our mm-hmm. conversation, but I cannot keep you long because I know you're busy. You have a pregnant <laughs> wife to attend to. Uh, what other YouTube channel... Do you, channels, do you enjoy watching Catholic or non Catholic? Uh, any, oh boy. Yeah. So
1: I, yeah. okay. So I, I have to plug the Council of Trent. So we're, we're coming mm-hmm. up really close on hitting 100,000 subscribers. So if you're not subscribed to the Council of Trent, please do so now. Yeah. Uh, the second one I'm, I'm going to have to plug uh, is going to be Pines for the Aquinas. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Frad and Thursday are doing some really cool stuff. Uh, and any bit of support. Uh, really means a lot to them Mm. Um, and then let's see here okay so those are the two obvious candidates um i you know what i'll go ahead and plug drew the catholic too he's a very small channel but drew is such a wonderful guy and behind the scenes he actually helps a lot of us small creators with our audio lighting and and video stuff Mm -hmm. so uh drew the catholic is a is another really cool guy uh non-catholic uh you know I watch a lot of chess videos, <laughs> so uh, you know there's there's a few channels uh, like Gotham Chess and and there's a there's one that's uh, oh it's called Chess Simp mm-hmm. and he does these silly chess challenges and they're just really funny. My kids really enjoy watching them. So, but yeah, those are the, those are the channels that uh, I would, I would recommend. Cool.
0: (laughs) Are you into the conservative media stuff? Uh, Oh yeah. Jordan Peterson. Yeah. So I don't
1: pay a lot of attention to politics, Mm. uh, mostly because on all the issues that I need to know about, really, I've kind of already got my mind made up. So um, whenever I, I will. I get a little bit more serious about it about a week before the actual election, but um, but that. But I'll, I'll listen to mostly mm. Michael Knowles and uh, Matt
0: Walsh, a uh, Catholic guys in can- the, the Daily Wire.
1: Yeah, 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 and a little bit of Candace Owens too, but that's yeah. only because of George Farmer, her husband's very devoutly yeah. Catholic, yeah. and uh, you know. And hey, there's some cool stuff uh, in the works because uh, Trent Horn is going to be debating or at least dialoguing with Allie Beth Stuckey of the daily wire. I heard that. Uh, so, that, that, yeah. That, 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 that'd so that'd be, that's exciting. That's uh, interesting. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, you know, sometimes like that, I'll, I'll, I'll get my news through them, but for the most part, uh, there's this uh, line in the, uh, in the Cardinal Seurat's book titled uh, the, the, power of silence. And it was the, the abbot of La Grande Chartreuse in France, and he was talking about how of all the monks there, he's the only one who gets the paper and, you know, he reads the news and whatnot. And he said, because uh, at the time, Syria was the big was the big uh, conflict at the time. And he said, my heart breaks for the people of Syria and that civil war. However, I have no power over it. N- uh, nations are not calling me, asking for my opinions of what mm. they should do. Uh, and he's like, but as father of this house, like it, it's these monks that I need to care for. So we will pray for this situation, but we're also not going to dwell on it for very long. Mm. And I, you know, so I try to operate that as uh, operate with that as much as I can, because, you know, as a husband and a father, you know, there are no politicians that really listen to me pass my vote. Mm. And, you know, and my vote is one of millions. So or one of thousands if it's local. And I you know, try to keep that in mind and try to balance that. So I do kind of have a general sense of what's going on. But, uh, you know, I'd much rather uh, dive into the faith more Mm -hmm. uh, than be perfectly aware. If I were ever in a position of leadership or a greater position of influence, that'll probably change, though.
0: All right. I I know I said that's the last question. Uh, There's (laughs) one thing that came to my mind that slipped when you mentioned the traditionalist. And and there's this infight in in our church, the radical tradi- mm-hmm. traditionalist and the other side, which some may, may say they're hyper-papalist and yeah. uh, the, the Scott Hand issue, Bishop Baron oh, issue. Yeah. And as long as this is going, it would be hard, uh, in my opinion, it would be hard to to convert other yeah. uh, Protestants because uh, who, who are you converting them into what? What yeah. side, right? So, what's your opinion of that?
1: Oh goodness! So, I think that entire that entire fight is centered around uh, losing sight of what is actually important. Um, you know, the the sectarian, you know, forming groups and stuff like that. That was never something that that Jesus uh, mm. intended. Uh, that's so. Whenever we start dividing ourselves, when we start dividing the church into camps. That's a very that's that's a problem, Mm. Um, and so we need to refocus more on Christ and the unity that He has with the Father and the Holy Spirit, and try to emulate that within the church. And we need to focus on virtue more Mm. than anything else. Mm. So you know, if you're starting to decide if you're if you're upset about uh, you know somebody associating with this person, like uh, listen, this isn't high school. We're not forming cliques. We're not. We're not doing that. That is not anything that Jesus required us to do. Now, there's some fraternal corrections going on mm-hmm. and whatnot, but I mean, my my opinion is that I don't know if I've ever corrected a stranger and him thanking me later. I don't think mm-hmm. that's ever happened uh, outside of a military context mm-hmm. where it's like, hey, you've got a button unbuttoned or something like that. I was in the military for a little bit, and he was like, hey, your thing's unbuttoned. Mm-hmm. Oh, thanks, and they'll button it. That's it. Mm-hmm. But if it's anything that actually matters... I don't. I don't know if uh, any of these. I don't know if any of these guys have ever done that. So, if if you see that, I would say focus on virtue. So specifically, charity. Charity is mm-hmm. the one you need to focus on the most. Yes. Um, and remember moderation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, you don't. We're not trying to pick the right side because the only right side is Jesus Christ, yes. and you need to follow him with that. Now. Uh, I will touch on this though a little bit because I think it's, I, it should not be scandalous to say that Pope Francis says a lot of really confusing things. Mm-hmm. Um, or like he will say something and then the media will add their own confusion into it. Mm-hmm. And for that, my response is you need to really consider what your relationship to the Pope is. Mm-hmm. You know, what level of respect, what level of obedience, do you actually owe him? Mm. Um, And a lot of that can be answered if you just ask the question of, is he talking to me? Mm. So if the Pope is writing to, you know, Catholics in Greece, well, Mm. you know, he's not talking to you. Mm. Um, If he's talking to your bishop, he's not talking to you. Mm -hmm. Talking to priests, once again, unless you're a priest, he's not talking to you. Um, So I would say to the average layman, there's a meme that, that's out there. It's it's a fake quote, but I think there's a lot of wisdom in it. And that's, one can cultivate a medieval sense of piety by having no idea what His Holiness in Rome is doing. Mm. And if it weren't for the internet, if it weren't for television, yes. none of us would know. You would barely know what the Pope's name was. Yeah. <laughs> and, and for the, you know, for, for and, the most it,
0: of history, uh, we don't know what the Pope yeah, is doing.
1: Exactly. And it's just like, believe it or not, what the Pope had for breakfast this morning, has no bearing on what your responsibilities are. Now, you know, it, it's just like if he's addressing something to you, chances are it will be filtered down and it will come through your bishop and and your priest. So at that point, you know, then be concerned uh, and mm. like have the level of... But that's what our priests and bishops are for is they are, you know, mediators a little mm. bit for the Pope and they're there to help teach and clarify and stuff. So, but if you, if you've got... You know, over you know 1.3 billion people going directly to the Pope for all instruction—that that's too much. You can't do that, and he can't—he can't even give effective uh, mm. pastoral guidance over that. It's impossible, because everybody—you know—the U.S. and the Philippines, two different nations, two different yes. cultures. Yes. We can't do everything the same way. Thank God we have bishops that are there to guide us and who are more in tune with the cultural—the uh, cultures of the area, because. What works in the Philippines probably won't work in the U.S. Mm. and vice versa. So that that's my take on it: is just figure out what the actual role role of the Pope is, and then figure out what your role is in life. Operate with that and don't get bogged down in all the in all the infighting. And if somebody's trying to come into the church, I would recommend that you just it's like whose side should I join? Jesus Christ, his. Jesus Christ. Yes. That is your guy. That is the guy that you need to go to his corner. Not uh, not uh Michael Lofton's, not Kennedy Halls, you know, like and and I would assume my charitable assumption is that both of those guys would agree with me in saying that. In saying like, mm. yeah, I'm not important. Jesus Christ is important. So eyes on the Lord and keep moving that way.
0: All right. And I I think the church needs prayers more than ever. Yes yes
1: yeah and yeah I, I guess i'll add one more little thing is that like 30 minutes in prayer is far more valuable than 30 minutes of argumentation mm-hmm. and if you are not praying for the person that you are trying to convert you're not going to convert them
0: all right kyle thanks for for accepting my invite uh we've Come, Finally, we've come to the end of the episode. <laughs> thank, thank you for what you do and keep it up. Don't be a stranger in the yeah. internet when, we, when, we, when I send you a comment on your page.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And hey, you know what? I'd love to have you on my channel before just so we can figure out what's going on in the Philippines.
0: All right. No problem. We can arrange that. Okay, please yeah. invite the audience to your work and where can we follow you on social media?
1: Yeah, so uh, against my better judgment, I started a Twitter account. So if you just look up <laughs> K Whittington you, uh, YT, uh, or just search for Kyle Whittington, you'll probably find me. I don't know. Uh, and then of course there's my channel. It's just my name, Kyle Whittington. I tried mm. to name it something clever, and that didn't work. Mm. So I guess I, I I'm either humble or just a narcissist. <laughs> no, I haven't figured it out yet. So that's that's where I'm doing that. And then of course the the two channels that I do work with is Counselor Trent and Pinesworth Aquinas. So you know. Please subscribe to all three of those channels. (laughs) All right.
0: Okay. Thanks, Kyle. Please pray for us here in the Philippines. Of course. Okay. This has been another episode of the J.R. Show. At the end of the day, it will be night. Goodbye.